0: Chapter 6 of the Calico Cat. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Allison Hester of Athens, Georgia. The Calico Cat by Charles Minor Thompson. Chapter 6 Peasley, where were you when that shot was fired? asked Farnsworth and as he spoke, he turned and looked toward Solomon, whose seat was some three or four places to his left, and on the same side of the table. Had the question not been uttered, it would have died upon his lips, so much surprised was he at what he saw. Mr. Peaslee, white and trembling with some strong emotion, had his hands upon the table, and was raising himself, slowly and painfully, to his feet, he rolled his eyes, which looked bigger and more pathetic than ever behind his glasses, toward Farnsworth at the sound of his voice, but the young man knew instinctively that Solomon, moved by some strong idea of his own, had not grasped the question. "'Gentlemen,' Mr. Peasley began in shaky tones, "'I guess I got a word to say afore ye find a true bill agin that little feller.' "'He's as peaceable a boy as I ever saw, "'and I guess I can't let him stay all bolted and barred into no jail "'when it don't need anything but my say-so to get him out. "'Ye see, gentlemen,' Solomon paused, moistened his dry mouth, "'and cast a timorous look over the puzzled faces of the jurymen. "'Ye see, twas me that shot Lemory.' not a sound came from the grand jury the members sat and stared at him in blank wonder hardly able to credit their ears page the state's attorney who was making some notes at the time held his pen for a good half-minute part way between his paper and the inkstand while he gazed in astonishment at peaslee to have a grand juror a sober respectable man rise in the jury room and confess that he is the real offender in a case under consideration is not usual the surprise was absolute for farnsworth it was more than a surprise it was a relief then his betrothed had been right jim had not fired the shot he felt a glow of admiration for nancy's sure intuition and loyalty to her pupil "'He rejoiced that Jim was cleared for her sake "'and for the boys. "'Insensibly, he had grown more and more interested in Jim "'and attached to him. "'Now everything was explained.' "'Everything?' "'No, Jim's strange activity "'in concealing the evidences of the shot, "'his queer reserve when questioned as to what he knew, "'these seemed more perplexing than ever. "'Barnsworth, hoping for light upon these points,' settled back in his chair to listen. Mr. Peaslee had more to say. "'It kinder goes against the grain,' Solomon resumed with a weary, depreciatory smile. "'To own up, you've been acting like a fool, but I guess I got to do it. This was the way on it. I stepped over to Eddard's just to talk over matters and things.' well i couldn't seem to raise anybody to the front of the house so i kinder slid into the boys room to see if there wasn't somebody out back there wasn't there didn't seem to be anybody home now gentlemen seems as though you'd see how twas when i tell ye there's an old white and yaller cat with a kinder sassy patch over her eye mr peasley's meek voice here took on a trace of heat that's been a pester in the life out of me goin on a year, I guess ye you know how tis one of them pesky yowlin chicken stealin rusty old nuisances that ain't any sociability to em anyhow. Well, there she was a settin comfortable as a hot pumpkin pie, and lookin as if she owned the place, and there was the boy's gun right there handy. The cat riled me so, I just loaded her up. It twasn't human nature not to, now was it? Twasn't nothin' but a bird shot, so I sort her stuck in a marble. I couldn't do no harm, and it might kinder help a little, and I just fired her off. I didn't expect to hit any French-Canadian. I didn't know there was any of the critters round then when i see a feller fall out of the bushes i was scared now i tell ye here i was member of the grand jury and everything and it didn't somehow seem right and fitting for no member of the grand jury to be filling up a feller human being with bird shot and marbles i guess i didn't think much what i was a doing of no how any rate I just sneaked off home and then I just let things slip along and slide along till here I be. I guess if a true bill's got to be found again, one, it's got to be found again in me. And Mr. Peasley sank huddled and hopeless into his chair. His fellow members were for a moment silent, but soon this tale of a cat, birdshot, and an unexpected canadian began to disclose a comic aspect the plight of the poor respectable mr peaslee and all the fresh honors of his jurorship began to show a ludicrous side their own position as grave men seeing what they thought a serious offense change as by magic into a farcical accident bit by bit revealed its humor Sampson, the foreman glanced at page the state's attorney the young man's face wore an odd expression. Their eyes met, and Samson's mouth began to twitch. Albion Small, who was, quote, "'considerable of a joker,' end quote, suddenly choked. Farnsworth, having revealed to him in a flash the significance of the harmonica with harp attachment, gave way and laughed outright. Smiles appeared on faces all round the table. And as the comicality of the whole affair more and more struck upon their astonished minds, the smiles became a general laugh, the laugh a roar, and this mirth had so good humor a note that Solomon, taking heart, looked about the table with a sheepish grin. But his heart sank, and his grin vanished, when all eyes fell upon Abijah Keith, for Abijah did not smile." he sat grim as fate, stern disapproval of all this levity expressed in every deep fold of his wrinkled old countenance. A formidable person was Abijah. He had a great brush of white hair, which stood up fiercely from his narrow forehead, a high arched nose like the beak of a hawk, on which rested a pair of huge round spectacles, a mouth like a straight line, enclosed between a great parenthesis of leathery wrinkles up from under his old-fashioned stock, round a chin like a paving stone, curled an aggressive, white, wiry beard, and his blue eyes were still bright and hard. "'Can't see what you're cackling so fo, he exclaimed, his shrill accents full of contempt. Actin' like a passel of hens. There's a man shot, ain't they? Somebody shot him, didn't they? He—' and Abijah pointed a knotted, skinny, hard old finger at the shrinking Solomon. He shot him, didn't he? Sir as business call it. Guess the grand jury's got something to say to it, hain't they? Cat? Cat's foot say. Likely story, likely story. Don't believe a word o Solomon dared to steal a look and was not reassured to see in the jurymen's faces, doubt replacing mirth. Then, Hiram Hopkins' hearty voice, ringing with opposition, struck upon his delighted ear. He remembered Hiram's dislike for the cantankerous Keith. Here, perhaps, was a defender. Oh, come, Mr. Keith, oh, come now, he heard Hopkins exclaim. What's the use of raising a rumpus? It wasn't nothing but a bird shot. Folks don't go murdering folks with a bird shot. Don't care if it was a birdshot came Abijah's snapping tones. Don't care if it was pinheads. Principles the same. It is, it is, admitted Solomon in his soul. Well, said Hiram, with a common sense in which Mr. Peaslee took comfort, the practical effect is mighty different. Gentlemen, he added to the jurors, I can't see that we've got any call to go further with this. Peaslee was just shooting at a cat. "'I don't see the sense of taking up the time of the court "'and making expense for any such foolishness. "'I say we'd better dismiss young Edwards's case "'and Peasley's along with it. "'It's such fool doings. "'I think we'd better, if only to keep folks "'from laughing at the grand jury.' "'Solomon's heart was in his mouth. "'Would the others take this view, or Keith's?' "'Orly talk, dreadful oily talk,' "'came Abijah's fierce pipe.' don't take any stock in it shot him didn't he grand juror what difference does that make if they ain't fit weed em out weed em out fit said hiram it took some spunk to get up there and tell just what a fool he'd been didn't Humph. abijah interrupted with a snort had to didn't he farnsworth asked him where he was didn't he had to squirm out somehow didn't he "'Got about as much spine as a taller candle "'with the wick drawed out, according to his own showing. "'Better weed em out, better weed em out. <laughs> "'Poor Mr. Peaslee sank still lower in his chair. "'His head fell still lower on his chest. "'They were taking away from him "'even the credit of a voluntary confession. "'Why had Barnsworth asked that question? "'And casting doubt upon his one brave deed,' "'Fate seemed to him to have done its worth. "'He'd got up before I put the question,' said Farnsworth. "'He wished to be just, but he was indignant with Peasley. "'After his first laughter, his thoughts had dwelt upon the trouble "'that Solomon had brought upon the innocent Jim. "'Just to save his own hide, the old skeezicks,' he exclaimed himself. "'After all, what did he know about Peasley?' if the man had merely shot at a cat, why under the sun should he not have said so at once and saved all this bother? The more he thought, the more indignant he grew, and the more doubtful. He did not notice at all the look of timid gratitude which Mr. Peasley cast in his direction. "'Course he was up before you spoke!' Solomon was further gratified to hear Hopkins declare in his big hearty voice, "'And I think a man who owns up fair and square just when it's hardest to "'has got spine enough to hold him together anyhow.' "'Up before ye asked him?' Abijah turned on Farnsworth. "'Up for what? Tell me that, will ye? "'And Solomon, listening anxiously for Farnsworth's answer, "'was depressed to hear him give merely a good-humored laugh at Uncle Abijah's thrust.' mr peaslee asked samson so unexpectedly that solomon jumped didn't you say something about a marble yes said mr peaslee gloomily fit the bore, did it continued the foreman slick answered mr peaslee with the brevity of despair if that marble fitted the bore, said albion small while samson nodded assent "'It's my opinion it might do considerable damage.' His opinion had weight, for Small was a hunter of repute. Recovered from their amusement, the grand jurors had become gradually impressed with the idea that Mr. Peasley's confession still left some awkward questions unanswered. If the matter were so simple as he said, why had he kept silent so long? The jurymen came from all over the rather large county, and although they had some knowledge of the principal men of elmington and although such of them as had dealings at its bank had met mr Peaslee, none of them knew him well he was a newcomer at the village and when at his farm had not had a wide acquaintance they looked to farnsworth as his fellow townsman to speak for him but farnsworth said nothing and seemed preoccupied and doubtful the inference was that he shared their perplexity they felt that Keith, for all his cantankerousness, might be right. Solomon could draw no comfort from their faces. All this while, Page had been playing with his watch chain and watching Abijah, whose character he appreciated, with discreet amusement, but he found himself in essential agreement with the peppery old fellow. Ask the state attorney why don't you, put in Keith impatiently, he'll tell ye i've got the rights on it ain't afraid be ye Sampson smiled mr state's attorney he said turning to page i guess perhaps you'd better give us the law of this well gentlemen said page as a matter of law mr keith would seem to be right and at the word solomon's spirits sank to new depths didn't i tell ye said abijah triumphantly had the state's attorney said that he was wrong the old man would have called him a popinjay to his face abijah's exclamation was not deference to legal knowledge it was merely quick seizure of a tactical point lemori was shot page went on with a little smile at keith's interruption and by his own statement mr peaslee shot him on his own admission his gun was dangerously loaded Although a boy, a neighbor's son, was charged, through his act, with a serious offense against the laws, he made no confession, and, when at last he did speak, it is at least open to debate whether he did it of his own volition, or because he was forced to do so by the embarrassing question put to him by one of your number. I don't impugn his veracity, but I am bound to remark that he is an interested witness." all this is a question of fact for you to consider i think you should know a little more to determine if there was any motive you need to know if there was any bad blood between mr peaslee and lamoury to find an indictment to fit the case you need to know how badly lamoury is hurt i think you should have lamoury here cross-questioning him and perhaps mr peaslee Solomon shivered, should establish whether the shot was accidental, as the accused says, or intentional, as Lamoury contends. I'll have the complainant here tomorrow, if it's a possible thing, as there's no formal charge, as yet, against Mr. Peasley. I think you may properly postpone until then the question of entering a complaint or making an arrest, if necessary, Solomon shivered again, and of his proper holding for appearance before the court meanwhile i suggest that you dispose of the case against young edwards and then adjourn mr Peaslee, he added significantly will of course be present tomorrow morning Sartin, sartin, answered poor solomon tremulously it was already late and when the grand jury had formally dismissed the complaint against jim the hour was so advanced that adjournment was taken for the day when Mr. Peaslee left the courthouse, no one spoke to him, and he walked slowly home, full of the worst forebodings. Why had he put in that marble? Relieved of his burden of anxiety and remorse in regard to Jim, he began to think more definitely than he had done heretofore of the possibility of serious harm to Lamoury. It was dreadful to think that he might have badly wounded an inoffensive man. Was Lamoury much hurt? What would happen to a marble and a shotgun anyhow? Would he be arrested? Would his case get to trial? Could he, without a single witness, prove that it was an accident? The sinister figure of Jake Hibbard rose before him and made him feel helpless and frightened. The future looked bleak. But I had done right, he tried to console himself by saying, I done right. "'Better late than never, to be sure, "'but if genuine comfort in a good deed is sought, "'it is best to act at once.' "'Mr. Peaslee could feel but small satisfaction "'in his tardy confession. "'Moreover, he must now face his wife. "'As he turned with reluctant feet into his own yard, "'he fairly shrank in anticipation "'under the sharp hail of her biting words. "'To postpone a little the inevitable,' to gather strength somewhat to meet the shock he passed the kitchen porch and went on toward the barn seating himself upon an upturned pail he stayed there a long while still as a statue while he chewed the cud of bitter reflection after a while at the barn door there was a familiar flash of white and yellow looking wearily up he saw the great green eyes of the calico cat fastened upon him in fierce distrust she had one foot uplifted as if she did not know whether it was safe to put it down and in her mouth pendant, was a calico kitten mr peasley silent and immovable watched her with apathetic eyes finally as if assured he was not dangerous she put down her foot and disappeared with soft and cushioned tread into the dim recesses of the barn yet a little while and she again appeared in the doorway with a second duplicate of herself again an interval and she brought a third well said solomon to himself his spirit quite crushed i guess she ain't bringing no more than belong to me by rights nevertheless he could not endure to see any others he went desperately into the house where he found his wife fuming over his delay i guess i may as well tell ye first as last he said in a sort of stubborn despair twas me that shot lamory you exclaimed his wife dropping her knife and fork and looking at him as though he had taken leave of his senses i guess i'm the feller he averred with queer pathetic humor and, turning a patient rounded back to his wife's expected indignation, he told his story while he nervously washed at the sink and fumblingly dried his face and hands in the coarse roller towel. He made these operations last as long as his confession. Then, at the end of his resources, he turned to face the storm. Mrs. Peasley simply looked at him. She struggled to speak, But she found herself in the predicament of one who has used up all ammunition on the skirmish line and comes helpless to the battle. She simply could think of nothing adequate to say. She stared at her husband while he stared out of the window. Then she gave it up. Draw up your chair, she said sharply. I guess ye gotta eat, whatever ye be. End of chapter 6